What most people don't realize is that 50% of all the money that has ever been created were created in the year of 2020 and 2021. So to give context, like hundreds of years of the M1 money supply we had, but in 2020 and 2021, we printed 50% of all of it. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Heal Thyself. As always, coming to the show with an open heart, open brain, taking in all this information, and hopefully it's better in your life immediately and your loved ones immediately. I can't wait to talk about all of the things that have to do with sexual health. You know, I've done a lot of shows on sexual health, right? We've had a lot, a lot of guests from Dr. Kat Meyer to the love gurus, right? We talked about the power of being in alignment with your sexuality. But I want to give my take. You know, I've been doing a lot of work around emotional release, and I've seen some deep commonalities here, especially when a lot of men and women that are holding back their sexuality, but I'm also seeing the downstream physical effects. So I want to talk about some of the take-home practices that I'm giving these people that can absolutely transform and benefit your sexual health, you and your partner's connection immediately. And then a very special guest, Justin Resvani. Now, this is one of the youngest, most brilliant guys in business, but he's got a lot to say. This guy almost died. He was at death's door with an aneurysm. And his experience with death is really humbling because for us, it can bring us a new perspective on what happens when you face death and how you live anew. And he's gonna give us the straight, straight changes that he made in his life knowing that not any moment can be taken for granted. And how, because of that, he's rebuilding social media. He's actually building a new form of social media where you are the owner of all of your content, not Instagram owning it, not Facebook owning it, no one else, it is your content. It is the most incredible thing out there in development, in tech, period. I'm really excited and always humbled to talk about death. And we taboo away from it. It is something that we hide in the closet, but the fact of the matter is, is that we need to talk more about death because it's inevitable, we're all gonna die. So the question is when? And the question is, what are we doing before it? How are we living our life before it? And the way that Justin frames his experience with it is the most beautiful thing out there, really motivating. I feel like every time he talks about it, I wanna get out there and change the world even more, as you will. So without further ado, I'm chomping at the bit right now. Let's get to this interview with Justin Rizvani. All right, everyone, today's special guest, a longtime friend of mine, Justin Resvani, is the founder of Zion, but even more so, he's my style aficionado. We both have a taste for fashion and a love for all things world and fashion, but let's go back to this. Amazing guy who's changing the world of social media. We don't even know what this guy's building until it's coming out and gonna blow our minds. We're gonna talk about money, how the economy is really shortening our ability to really have a healthy life for ourselves and our family. Justin is uh, very much so educated in this part of the world, and I'm so excited to bring in a fellow mind. Justin, thank you for coming on the show, my brother. 
Thank you, my brother. Thank you so much. This is, this is a long time coming, and I'm honored to be here, really. Three years ago, I thought you were gonna come on the show, and you just moved to Texas instead. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. It's almost two and a half, two years now. Yeah, almost two been years, gone. man. And three years of my anniversary of the seizure, which is coming up in November. It's crazy. We're gonna talk, we're gonna talk a little bit about death, too, because you yeah. came close with death, and yeah. people need to hear that part of the story. Yeah. But something that amazed me right now, and I've been hearing a lot about, and then I've been researching and looking, is the concept of how is inflation really affecting our ability to just be healthy? Yeah. I think that what's really interesting is in our, in our I guess in our history of who's been alive as, as long as we have, inflation has never been this big issue. It's always been inflating at 1% to 2% on average. And now, you know, CPI was just printed at 8.2%. And what that means is the consumer price index of goods has gone up um, almost a 4x. What most people don't realize is that 50% of all the money that has ever been created were created in the year of 2020 and 2021. So to give context, like hundreds of years of the M1 money supply we had, but in 2020 and 2021, we printed 50% of all of it. And there's tons of stats to think about, well, how does the printing of money affect inflation? My general logic with that is that there's so much money, and if you print more of it, it becomes less valuable. That's the math to me. And that's exactly what happened. When we printed all this money, the stock market went on a rise. All assets went up on a rise. Everything just shot up in terms of value and price. But I think it was kind of made up because the printing of money created that in hyperinflation in terms of pricing. And now we're seeing the direct effect on people because just because we printed that much money, over 50%, did everyone's salaries increase by 50%? Did the income coming in um, increase by 50%? For regular people, for wealthy people, they did very well. Their stock market doubled over the last 12 months, but did that affect everyone properly? They have their home prices are hyperinflated. So that's what's created the damage, I think, right now where you go to have a smoothie and it's $21. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best and they're always at health events and people are loving them and their quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products, GHKCU, and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alitura Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. All right, let's face it. With all the toxins we're exposed to nowadays with processed foods, pollutants, and even stress, our poor livers have been working overtime. If you've been feeling sluggish, bloated, or just overall rundown, 
it may be time to give your hardworking liver some extra love and support. That is where Organifi's Liver Detox comes in. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfoods. This convenient little capsule contains a powerhouse blend of clinically studied superfood ingredients specifically designed to remove excess toxins and improve digestion, promote healthier energy levels, and just overall liver health. Now, one of the key ingredients is artichoke leaf extract, which has been clinically proven to help detoxify the liver and digestive tract. Then you got the all-star liver protector. You heard of it, milk thistle, an herb that has been used for centuries to give your liver a big old hug. That's not all. Organifi's liver detox also contains dandelion root, one of my favorite ones of all time, which is loaded with vitamins and minerals to promote healthy liver function and digestion. And finally, Trafalia, an ancient Ayurvedic formula packed with antioxidants that has been traditionally used as a powerful liver tonic, one of my favorite ones too. So whether you're dealing with sluggish digestion, low energy, or just want to give your body's main detox engine a little extra love, Organifi's Liver Detox has your back. Just take one to three capsules at any point during the day to start supporting your liver's natural detox pathways. All of us need to be supporting our liver. If you want to experience the energy boosting, liver supporting effects of this fantastic formula, head to OrganifiShop.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I shop.com slash DRG. A lot of people have been feeling the pressure of that because a lot of people have been talking to me about it. They're saying, hey, doc, I would go to Whole Foods and I would be able to pay for this cacao powder and look how much it went up. Yeah. And I'm seeing it, you know, going around and go to Air One, go to Whole Foods, go to anywhere to it's eat. expensive to live, man. It's now becoming very expensive to live. And I was like, what happened? And look at gas. I mean, look, I live in Texas. Gas is not that bad. It's two, two, uh, 289 when I filled up a couple days ago. Here's like seven bucks. Mm -hmm. And is it because of inflation? 100%. People want to blame, oh, it's because of supplies from Putin and all that. But generally, that is a factor. But the printing of money is the worst factor, right? Is that you have the Federal Reserve that ad libitum to create and destroy this economy can print as much money as it chooses. Mm -hmm. And this is the fundamental problem. And I generally believe that having sound money is one of the most important aspects of our national security. And we're seeing the Fed making constant mistakes. They're increasing rates to think that they could tame inflation, but they don't realize that the effect of it was the printing of money. That's the, that's the source of everything. And if we can figure out a way to build a monetary supply with a fixed supply, I think we have a chance to actually get out of this thing. Mm. And, and that brings up the point. Are we going to get out of it without just doing it the old school way? Is there a way out? I think Bitcoin is the way out, right? Ah. Like I think, like I think this. I mean, it's a bit of a tangent, but I think if Bitcoin can credibly enforce a fixed supply of twenty-one million, it can become the world's reserve currency. For that fact alone, that it can have a fixed supply and it can't just create more and create more and create more. And I think that's some of the brilliance and the genius of it. And not to detract from like cryptocurrency to fiat currency, but. Fiat currency is, is not really based on many things. You know, we don't really have an education of like, what is money? How does money work? How is money created? What's M1 money? What's M2 money? And I think now the world is waking up like, man, man we should like pay attention to the system because it's so fragile. We're realizing it. And the lucky thing is we live in the US. Look at what's all the currencies collapsing outside. The, the, the British pound just matched the US dollar for the first time. Uh, in the history. So imagine what's happening to them. They've lost 50% of their value in the last six months. Wow. The euro's done the same thing. So it's just, look, we're in the best place in being in the U.S., but the other countries are just seeing the carnage start.
Can that happen for us, the same thing? Is just the dollar loses so much value for us? I think that the, the reason the dollar has the biggest advantage out of everything is that oil is bought by the dollar. So the petrodollar, um, this is kind of the reason why the Bretton Woods Agreement was such a big deal in the 1960s, was that oil had to be purchased against the dollar and the dollar only. So it built this cornerstone, and, and energy is what drives the world. And because we're still on the petrodollar standard, we still have the opportunity to continue to be the world's reserve currency. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. We do still have the strongest economy in the world. Mm. It's powerful to hear, right, amongst all of this, while other countries are really collapsing and losing so much value, amongst all this, we still have a powerful economy. But with that said, it's getting really hard to purchase uh, for the, like you said, not the 1%, but the everyday American to purchase the things that they did without having that stress because our income didn't go up. Yeah, and I think the economy is, is, is an interesting place. Yes, we have a strong economy. I would say we have a stronger dollar than an economy because most of the largest tech stocks are down by 70, 80% just in the last 12 months because we've seen the impacts of it. I don't necessarily think that we have the strongest economy, but in comparison of what's going on in the world, we're doing pretty well. Why then, people might ask and they might not know, why do we print so much money? Um, because that's the way that we're trying to balance crisis. The Fed only knows one thing to do and says, look, we are seeing this issue. We need to print more money so people can go spend more money to stimulate the economy. They only have one way to do something. They have a hammer and everything is a nail. And that's the function that they know how to do. The second thing they know how to do is increase interest rates to lower demand. But that's not really stopping inflation. If you see, there's been a 1% to 2% increase of interest rate prints yeah. almost every single month from the Fed. But it's not taming inflation by any means. We're still above 8%. We're still at what, it was 82 I think, on the last print. CPI should come in in the next couple of days and we'll probably see it again above 8 They don't know how to tame it because the cat's out of the bag eventually things have to come to a head and they have to reduce, they have to buy bonds back. They can't keep printing money. They have to now take the Fed's balance sheet down as much as they can. They're trying to bring it down by 50 billion a month. I'm not sure the progress on how fast they can do it without destroying everything in the meantime. Mm. So hearing all that, then where are we heading? Because you said the cat's out of the bag. Where are we heading as an economy, as uh, I think dark times are ahead. I think, um, I think that if you're not prepared for what's about to happen, I think we have very dark times ahead. Because people are coming to a headwind that, you know, all the leverage they took on their houses when they saw that the houses went doubled and then they spent all that money, I think it's going to come to a head. I think interest rates are increasing, which that house you thought you can afford, you can no longer afford it. So now you're seeing a tremendous amount of inventory going up in the housing market because people can't afford the house they could a year ago. So I think we're coming to a headwind with a very slowing of the economy and a potential, I mean, we're already in a recession by, by GDP standards. Um, there is a potential that over the next six to 12 months, we have, might even increase into a depression state and increasing a lower the economy. And that's just the reality. People have to be prepared. That's not going to be all rainbows and butterflies like it's been for the last two to three years. Yeah. So what does a depression economy look like? It looks like people aren't buying stuff. They're not traveling as much. They're not going around and you're probably losing your job. Mm. Unemployment's going to go up. And you're seeing it. You're seeing, um, especially like, look, I run a startup and I've been so cautious of burn over the last few months. And I'm even more cautious of it now every single day, which means as an entrepreneur, I'm because I'm seeing the opportunity of less capital in the market, I'm not deploying as much capital. And when you don't deploy as much capital, there aren't as many people employed and the economy is not working as fast as it could. So I think that's what we're seeing across the board with the biggest companies in the world, 20% layoffs here, 19% layoffs here, 20% layoffs here. And you're seeing their stock prices decrease by almost 80%. That's a real issue. And imagine, let me give you a scenario of some of these people that are in these tech companies. 
These are employees of tech companies. They've owned this stock. Now, they wanted a little bit of liquidity to go buy their house. They took leverage out on that stock. That stock is now down by 80% and they're getting margin calls to pay those loans. What happens with houses? They go into default, they lose their jobs. And imagine the cascading effects of what could happen in this scenario. And a lot of people were over leveraged. The debt markets are increasing by 20, 30%, and you can see that impact. So all these things eventually will come to a head and why it's very interesting to discuss the potential of a Bitcoin standard. Mm. And, and what we can see, will it be different than what happened in that housing bubble in 2008? I think the housing bubble was very constrained to housing, and then it created this downstream effect. This is a little bit different. It's a whole economy. Different. Yeah, and the, there's a lot more money being printed. That's the thing that we don't have. We don't really have a proxy for this before. 50% of the total money supply in 18 months. Oof. And we're talking about trillions. Like, this is just a little bit of money. And the government is not stopping. It's like, okay, we think that sending another $1,200, $1,400 check is the right answer. Yeah. It's going to help you pay for your groceries. But that was billions of more being printed. Where is that going to come off on the back end? What's the solution? Mm -hmm. I think the Fed just can't get a hold of it because they don't know what to do. Oof. It sounds like a tornado of It's a cascading crisis. effect. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, so you, you mentioned Bitcoin. For people who don't know what it is and you see it as a solution, how would you explain it to someone who's never heard of Bitcoin and is the first time I'm ever hearing it? So Bitcoin is a decentralized, which means that there's no centralized party giving authority to how it's given out, um, cryptocurrency that's based upon a blockchain, which a blockchain is a database that allows me to have a key to transfer it to you. And it's a decentralized system, which means that there's no central party, as I shared a little bit earlier, and it has a credible fixed supply of 21 million. Only 21 million Bitcoin will ever be created in the world. And so there's an opportunity here to have this non-correlated asset to the market that people can own, that we know that there's a fixed supply, that there's a potential monetary standard to be built around. That's what I would like as simply to define Bitcoin as. Mm. And 21 million has been printed or created, not printed, but created. We, we have about 19 million that's been created and the next 2 million will be mined over the next 100 years. Mm. So most of the supply actually has been already created. So then what is the benefit of having decentralization? No one's going to be messing up and printing too much of Bitcoin or... I think, I think again, it's the, it's the question of credibly enforcing a fixed supply. And as we're seeing the impacts of not having a fixed supply of, of money, what occurs? And fiat money and the distinction between like hard money and fiat money is fiat money can be printed ad libitum, which means that inherently the value goes down. Whereas in this asset, mm -hmm. you know there's a fixed supply. You know there will never be more. One Bitcoin is one Bitcoin, and it will always be one Bitcoin. Mm. And I think there's an opportunity for human beings to be like, look, there's this open, decentralized asset that can move over space and time. I think that's what's something that's very interesting. If you held the dollar for the last 100 years, you'd lose 98% of your value over that 100 years. Mm. The opportunity of why that occurs is mostly because the inflation of a currency because it's not being pegged to anything. Uh, Bitcoin has the opportunity to actually flip that and be a deflationary asset because you know there's a credible fixed supply. Mm. So then, then what, what brings me a little confusion is doesn't Bitcoin usually, if, if I have 10 Bitcoin, don't I have to pay more or pay less to get it? Or the price of Bitcoin changes based upon the market. 
Right? So the, the, when Bitcoin started being mined, it was worth pennies. You could mine them for pennies. But now as proof of work has increased, and now we have exchanges, they set the price of what it is to acquire a new Bitcoin. And, and the idea is that a Bitcoin can go up to millions of dollars, potentially, of what one is worth because we're trying to proxy against gold. Like right now, the total market cap of Bitcoin, I believe, is $500 billion. Total market cap of gold is $10 trillion. Right, so do we have an opportunity to take 3% of that total value, the total value of assets? And if you do that, the price of Bitcoin goes up tremendously. And these are some of the proxies people are thinking about. I see, but there's, there's always a fixed... There's a fixed supply. Fixed 21 supply. million will ever be created and distributed. So that leads me to the next question, because I know your company is built on Bitcoin. But before we get to that, what is, what's the problem with Instagram and Facebook? Oh, man. You don't own anything. That's the main problem of Instagram, is that people have built this illusion in their minds, and they even say that it's like, go to my Instagram. They use this word my as, as implying ownership or some sort of authority against an account, um, when you actually have no relationship with your account. Yes, you can log in, but at any time, that can be taken away. And what we found over the last two years, no matter your political belief, there is a line that people will follow. And even in, you know, this is a health podcast. There's a lot of people that are in your community that during the times of COVID would share these opportunities of other ways to make yourself better. But that was represented as misinformation guided by the source of truth with happened to be the arbiter that is Facebook. Mm -hmm. So the problem with it is that we've actually, Instagram in a lot of ways has removed human agency. And I think those are one of the problems. Um, obviously, you don't own anything as a result of it. And it keeps you addicted on your phone because algorithms are just there to keep you on, right? I think the business model is broken on Instagram, mm -hmm. which is there to keep you addicted to this device going over and over and just swiping and swiping and swiping yeah. and just keep you in that device the whole time. It's yeah. dangerous for society. And your health benefits as a whole, man. It's crazy. It's yeah, you're addicted. We're addicted to these things. Big time. So... Uh, it, it's sometimes hard to believe because there's a lot of people go, check out my Instagram, you know? We don't own it. It can be taken away at any time. So how do we empower ourselves? Is there, I, I know you're creating something to do that. Um, what is, what's the difference of what you're creating? So I think it's taking one step back and understanding what are the things that are broken on the centralized web. And I like, I like to take a step back to give people like, okay, what is the breadth of what's happening in the world? And I think that there's three fundamental things that are broken in the digital world and also in the real world. Number one is identity, right? What is your identity online actually? The next thing is how are messages sent on the internet and how is data stored, a photo, a video, a text? How is that implemented? And the final piece is the money. How is money implemented on the web? And I think those three things are generally broken. So let's break it down first on identity. There's two billion people in the world that have an identity that is owned by a company called Google. And let me give an example. You probably have a Gmail account that you use to log in downstream to many things, your bank. Maybe it's a thing that you log into the DMV with. But the base layer of who you are on the web, you don't own. It's owned by gmail.com, which is Google and Alphabet. They own who you are. And at any time, they can turn you off, decide that this is not active anymore, and imagine all the downstream things that get affected by that. There's no more forgot password because it's not your password to forget. Mm -hmm. So identity is generally broken on the web. It's centralized by an authority. That's why there's login with Facebook, login with Google, login with this, because this centralized identity has become who you are on the web. 
And that's a big problem that we want to tackle and solve. The second piece is how are messages moved about on the internet? You post something on Instagram. We're going to share this video out probably on Instagram, and we're both going to do it. That actually goes to Facebook server, and then Facebook server and algorithm decides, you know what, I'm going to send it to these people, and I'm going to send it to these people. But I will decide on how I do that. And oh, by the way, the moment you upload it, based upon our terms of service, we own it. It's our content now. Mm -hmm. So we get to do whatever we want with it. So how content moves on the internet is highly centralized because of efficiencies and how these things, these companies are over 20 years old. Google's almost 25 years old, 30 years old at this point. Like they were built in these certain ways to retain the ownership and great efficiencies. And the final thing is the money, right? Traditional fiat money is very horrendous to move on the web. It's a very cumbersome process. There's credit card companies, there's credit card processors, mm -hmm. there's the, the hosting companies of these credit card processors. So it's like seven different people to move $1 across the internet. That's why it costs you 35 cents to move $1. I know. It's, it's highly inefficient. Mm -hmm. That's why Stripe is, oh, 27 cents per transaction plus, because it's inefficient, right? Bitcoin allows for a direct efficiency, which allows you to send a transaction, and we use the Lightning Network, for example, but it allows for efficiency for money to move digitally at the speed of light, for instant settlement, not just instant sending. Settlement is a really important aspect that people don't realize. Like settlement on credit cards take almost 60 days sometimes. They don't know, it's like they don't finally settle about 60 days. So these are all the aspects that are broken on the web. And I'm attempting to fix every one of those and then building a social app as the first example of how what that looks like in the world. And I can mm. kind of tackle each of those things particularly. But I wanted to set it up to understand, like, what's the problem? Yeah, and when you highlight it that way, everyone thinks, holy shit, my whole life is centralized and owned by this company. 100%. Yeah, because you don't think about, you know, I'm just logging in to this new uh, page that I can buy all these new fashionable clothes and then log in with Facebook. You know, and I've been guilty. I do that all the time. I yeah. log in with Facebook because I don't want to create a new password. I don't want to create all this. Of course. And to think how much of like my online presence is just attached to like one place. And then imagine what happens if you don't follow the rules, right? The moment that you stretch against the line, like just let's play a scenario out. You start talking about something that you don't necessarily believe in, and you use all your favorite websites to log in with Facebook. And then you're, you're, they, they shut you off. Your logins all disappear. All the down, downstream effects mean you can never log into those websites. Again, you have to start over. Mm -hmm. You have to like, because that account needs to be restored against that digital ID. So there's an opportunity to think about how can you build a new system where identity is actually retained and owned by an individual? Mm -hmm. And we've basically, for the first time in human history, have the opportunity to do that. Okay, so what the heck is Zion and what is it doing? Cool. So Zion is a effectively a social app. And what we're trying to do is enable creators like yourself to own the relationship with their fans. That's really at the core of what it's done. And this has been my life's work for over 10 years. I've spent over 3,564 days working on this specific problem because it's been something that I've been doing for over 10 years and solving this creator issue. And so... You as a user or you as a creator can log into Zion. You can create a decentralized identity. And the way we make it a decentralized identity is there's a hash called the DID. This is a new internet standard built as an identifier. You get a special code that refers to that DID. Then we take that identifier and we write it as a Bitcoin transaction. So forever, 
the most immutable blockchain will hold your identity. And everyone will know that this is Dr. G's ID because you signed it and said, this is my ID. And you'll have that forever. No one can ever turn that off and no one can ever take it away from you unless they take your private keys. And that's a real thing, right? Like if you don't have the keys, you don't have access to that thing. Mm. That becomes your key identifier. It's not like a username. It becomes your DID. And then we've built a technology that allows creators to build a node where they can put all their content and share all their content. So the way I would think about it is, Zion is an application similar to Facebook and Instagram, but we're building technology that if you, well, imagine Facebook, but you could take all your followers and fans with you and go to another thing. That's the type of technology that we're building. And then on top of that, we built it all on money. So every single piece of content is an active opportunity for a payment. So imagine Instagram, but those comments that people make underneath your content, mm -hmm. someone could tip them for those comments. Everyone can pay anyone at any time for anything. And we're unlocking this new potential of the creator economy, which allows anyone to get paid, right? OnlyFans made it a one-way directional payment system. Right. It was like, oh, you're gonna pay the creator, but now what about if a creator can pay their fans and fans can pay other fans? Mm -hmm. That's the interesting thing that we're unlocking with Bitcoin. Oh, that's powerful because it sounds to me that there's a lot of freedom. And, and Zion doesn't own me as a creator on that? Not at all, because your DID is being hashed to the Bitcoin blockchain. You can leave at any time and take your fans with you because they know that this DID is tied to Dr. G. That's the whole point of how we wanted to approach this is that we don't want to build another Facebook. And everyone's doing the same thing. I mean, I'm not, this is not to dog these other things, but there's so many alternative platforms. But the moment they're telling you to log in with the username and password and email, they're not building what we're building. It's a completely the same system and they're making a promise. They're like, you know what? We're not going to turn you off. We're gonna allow you to have a little bit more ownership, but it's not true. The technology is not being built in that way. And like, that's the kind of stuff that I'm building is I wanna build really future forward products that's five to 10 years before consumer mainstream. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience to prove that it's not only delicious, but it's also health focus. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well-being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in their process is rooted in health-focused principles backed by solid, scientific, research-based, rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health 
animal welfare and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and health span is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day, creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open that I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights. And these are staples. And and not just me. I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle. Staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen. It's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. Yeah, so the DID is basically the server. The DID is your login. It's your identifier. It's It's like your ID, right? And I think what, and it's interesting to proxy Web3 generally because a lot of people think that a digital wallet should be your ID, right? People are like, oh, my MetaMask wallet is my ID. That's kind of dumb. Like, why would you have your bank account to be your ID? The way the real world works is you have a driver's license and then you have a bank account tied to your driver's license. Mm -hmm. We're trying to give you a digital driver's license. And then we can add a bunch of things to that. Digital. We could be many wallets we can add to it. But we want to give you ownership of your digital driver's license. Mm. So me as a creator, I'm creating on this, let's say, all my podcast stuff, all my content. I have uh, followers or, or people who want to People subscribe. can follow your community, exactly like any other application. And people can follow. And, and when you say Node, that is just my area of that's, space. That's a private server that hosts all of your own content. So it is, it's my own server. It's, your own, it's your own not server. Not Facebook, not Google. Yeah, and, the, and the, the cool thing about it is that it's interoperable. Like right now, I can't go build another app and fetch data from Facebook's server and create another social app. That's Facebook's data. But what we've built is a decentralized web node, and this is in partnership with Block, which is Jack Dorsey's company. Anyone can go fetch that data and go produce their own app. Right, so Zion is just one of the first. There's going to be many apps built in the future that say, you, you know what, I want to bring 
uh, Dr. G to my new app because I'm building this new feature that's a little bit different than Zion. And I don't want to have to go recreate login mm -hmm. and data storage. So I'm going to use his data model into my application and bring everything over with me. Mm -hmm. So it becomes your digital uh, repository for all your content that will live over space and time. And then again, the monetary aspect of Bitcoin to make it all financially interesting. Because I think financial incentives matter a lot. Yeah, I mean, it would be beautiful if I say something really cool on a podcast and someone's like, tip, 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 tip. And, and you directly get that transaction. There's literally no middleman. And that's what Bitcoin and Lightning provides. It's this really interesting opportunity for the future. I can attest to the nightmare that is Stripe. And when you do a virtual transaction and all of a sudden I have like this class I'm doing, I was like, where'd all that money go? And I'm looking at Stripe and it's like fees, fee, fee, fees, fee, fees, fee, fees, fees on everyone. And I'm like, Whoa, they, yeah. they took a good chunk of everything. And, and, they, and the, it's the thing is they have to, right? And the reason that they have to is because they're worried about fraud. They're yeah. worried about reverse transactions. They're worrying about complaints. They're worrying about all these things. In our world, we don't really deal with that. If your wallet is signing a transaction to another wallet, you are fully responsible. Mm -hmm. That's just the way that we think about it. And how do we know, oh, this credit card is not going to be stolen? Well, is the private key held on the device? Was the device properly secured? I think this is the most secure thing. Like, if I give you this phone and you start holding it and playing with it, like, I'm going to get fucking nervous because my whole life is in that phone. Everyone gets nervous around their phones. This becomes the most, it's just true, just human behavior. This is the device that sh should secure everything. And if you lose it, then you're going to be able to break that down. It's like, oh, you have to have extra passwords. We think that these devices are going to be the next banking implementations of the cool, world as man. well. So all the, all the listeners and viewers, they're like, okay, I'm a creator, I'm a health coach, I'm a nutritionist, I'm a doctor, I'm a dentist. Is this ready for me to go on right now? So in November, we're going to be releasing the V2 of the application. So a little bit of history, uh, August of last year, 2021, we put out this alpha product that was like kind of my invent, like early invention of like, hey, there's going to be nodes, there's going to be all these things. And in six months, we became 13% of all nodes on the Bitcoin Lightning Network. We were 13% of all global traffic. We processed over 120,000 transactions between creators and fans. We ended up being this huge Bitcoin company. But I wasn't able to scale past this like 3,500 creator threshold. Then we took a step back. We're like, okay, how do we want to rebuild this app? And over the last six to eight, six months, basically, we've been re rebuilding Zion from scratch. And the new version of Zion is going to be released sometime in Q4. I'm thinking about November, December time on 2022. And that's where we'll have a full-blown creator app that any creator, any user can join and log in and create their decentralized communities. And what's really important for us is understanding our monetization model. We're not going to have ads. So the way it works is a creator will pay us to help host their node for them. They can do their own decentralized web node. They can do it on their own, but it's cumbersome. So just like you pay for a hosting provider for your website, you'll help pay us. And that's the way that Zion drives revenue and drives value for everyone. I see, I see. That's okay. our monetization model. Right. So how much am I going to pay as a creator? 12 bucks a month. Okay. And then I have full autonomy of everything. It's your own community. And that's really for just hosting fees. Mm. That's really hosting fees of how much it takes for us to be able to manage these nodes. But again... It's open source. If you decide one day that you want to keep your community on Zion, but you want to self-host, that's fine. Here are the things that you just change in terms of URLs, and you oh, now host your own community. And eventually, we'll have self-hosting features. Eventually, we'll have things you could put in your house. And But this is a few years down the line. Mm. Man, it's, it's mind-blowing to hear the... I mean, me, I am an Instagram creator. I've, I've been, and, and I never really think about 
do I own all this? It, it comes to my head every now and then, but it's not something I always think about. I'm just in the process of creating and putting out education. But I always, I always think about, it would be kind of scary if all of a sudden I wake up and just everything disappears. We talked about this. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild to think that it, it, a power switch can just be pulled. Of course. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's everything. <laughs> my, my analogy I use is creators have built mansions in someone else's backyard with no rental agreement. Mm. That's the current paradigm. And that's not risk I'm, I'm enjoying to take. Like, I wouldn't buy a property in someone else's backyard with no contract. Right. But that's what we've done. We've not just built houses. People have built mansions. Right. Huge things. And they're like, oh, this is my followers. It's not your anything. Mm. You're lying to yourself. That's powerful to even hear that, right? It's just true. <laughs> it's just true. And I'm sorry. Some people like, like, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's been my, it just is. It just is. Uh, okay, so I'll wait till November. And I'm excited to, like, because you've been part of this process with me a little, like, and been very patient. I'm excited to show you what this is. And it was great. Like, remember we had, like, lunch with, with Judges? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, we yeah. need this. We need this. Yeah, and I'm like, I know, man. And it's just taken over two years to get to this place. But it's been a lot of thinking. It's my life's work. It, yeah, like, this yeah. really feels like my life's work. And it's really interesting during that time who's come along the journey, from the investors that have joined the cap table to the creators that are on board. I wrote a book. Like, there's all this stuff that's come about, which is super exciting. Yeah, and, and this leads me to the next part of this uh, conversation. You got this life's work, this passion. You had a whole nother life before sold all of this. Sold a company, yeah. You sold a company. You on Forbes 30 for 30? Forbes 30 under 30, 30 yeah. 30 under 30. So you had a whole nother life, and life was going well. I, I met you. You were just like, you know, you had some passions. You were doing some things, but we, you were hosting a lot of good community events, which were beautiful. Yeah. And out of nowhere, I get, I'm working out in New Jersey, and I get a call that you uh, are, your vision's changing or, or you're starting to lose sensation, and you're at the dentist, right? And it ends up that you had a tumor in your brain, right? And I want to know how this completely changed your perspective of life because you had a whole nother life and now you have a passion. What changed? So, fuck. Context is important. Context is important. What happened? Con context is important. So, on November 20th, 2019, I was sitting in a dentist chair and I passed out. And I'm like, I have this out-of-body surreal experience. I go into the light, whatever. Um, I woke up. I'm pale white. I'm gagging. The guy that was, like, working on my teeth were like, oh, you passed out. You're fine. And then the doctor was like, oh, you just passed out. It happens to everyone in a dentist chair. Mm -hmm. I guess. I leave. I'm driving. I go to a meeting. The people at the meeting are like, dude, you're acting really weird. Like, you need to call a neurologist. I call a neurologist, and the doc, and the, the lady at the front desk was like, you need to go to a hospital. So I drive myself to Santa Monica, UCLA. I tell them my symptoms. I'm like, this is what happened. This is what I'm feeling. I don't feel right. There's something wrong with me. And to give context, like health context, 20, 48 hours before, I had just climbed Haleakala on my bike in under four hours. Fastest road to 10,000 feet in the world. Three months earlier, I had completed a full-distance Ironman. Uh, two months earlier, I placed fourth overall in my age group, 30 to 32, at the Malibu Triathlon, hardest age group to place in. It was fourth overall in, the, in that category. So I'm fit as fuck. I'm like the best shape of my life. And then this happens, and they put me in a CAT scan. They pull me in. They got IVs to me. Nurse comes in. Um, then doctor comes in and is like, sir, um, 
just want to let you know that um, your brain is bleeding. Um, we think we, you have a cavernous malformation of your right temporal lobe. Um, we need to move you to another hospital that can better take care of you because you need to do an angiogram right away to determine if it's an AVN or not. And I'm sitting there, and my entire life in that specific moment had changed. Right? I'm 31. I had sold my company a few years before. I'm in the best shape of my life, and I think I'm about to die. I think like, okay, this is it. I'm going to like, I lived this amazing life for 31 years and this is it. This is a brain tumor is going to kill me. A benign brain tumor is going to kill me. I spent the next three days in the ICU in, in Santa Monica and they're doing angiogram and they're watching me. And one of the most crazy parts of all this was that, I, you know, when you leave a hospital, they give you your report of everything. And like, I read the first paragraph and it's like, the doctor's report is like in, in this way, like, like, could lose his life in the next 24 hours in stable condition. Like, I'm reading this. I was like, fuck, it was that bad? Like, he wrote all this stuff. Like, I was really about to go if I, like, wasn't there and they couldn't take care of me. And it just showed my fragility of life. And over the next six weeks, oh, and at the end of the, the three days, they're like, okay, sir, our recommendation is for you to have brain surgery to remove the cavernoma or you're going to have seizures for, and the bleeds could happen for the rest of your life. And so for the next six weeks... I prepare for a craniotomy. I like, in my mind, this is my story to myself, I prepared myself to die over the next six weeks. And I lived such a full fucking life for those next six weeks. I lived every single day. I was happy. I was enthralled. I was like blessing. Two days after, we had Friendsgiving at my house. Yeah, I mean, you were there. Yeah, I was there. We had like over, I mean, you recorded this video of, of me, and I think you sent it to me. It was like, you know, 40 or 50 of my friends are just in there and we're just loving each other. And like, holy shit, dude, like, you almost left like 24 hours ago. It's fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and that is my little story on still ticking mm -hmm. and fucking shit up. And, you know, 18 months later, I have wrote a book, built this business. Like, it's a turnaround story. It's like, it's great. And this thing is just about to be a monster. So I'm super excited. I love that because that experience changed that part of you where it's like any doubt or any any part of you that goes, no, why why wouldn't I do this for the world? Of course. It just melted away. Of course. Did you, did you what was the biggest part of your personality that you noticed, like before and after? What I didn't have I didn't have a relationship with death that I do now. Okay. I thought I was fucking invincible. Mm. I thought I was like, you know what? There's nothing can, that can stop me or hurt me. I'm fucking invincible. I'm on fire. Mm -hmm. And then it just fucking humbled me so hard. It's one of the biggest things to humble you. Because, like, you can break a leg. You can have can You can do all these things. But, like, a thing in your brain that you have no control. Like, nothing. There was nothing I could do. There wasn't a weight. There wasn't a change to my diet. There wasn't anything I could do to change having that in my brain. Mm -hmm. Nothing at any moment. And that was very humbling to me, where I'm not fucking invincible. I'm made of the same things you are. And that's why I'm focused on, like, so much love and so much grace, so much gratitude every day that I wake up. But it humbled the fuck out of me. Mm -hmm. and so uh, the love and the gratitude of you waking up after. And in death, what is your relationship now to death? It's very intimate. Like, I, like, I see, like, if people die... I, I hold that in a very, I was afraid of it. I was like, oh, I don't want to think about death. Um, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to experience it. But like now it's like very intimate. It's a very, it's, it's the realest fucking thing on the planet. Everything is bullshit. 
it's the realest thing is that me, you, you guys, like we're all gonna leave mm -hmm. at some point. And this moment is really all we have. And if we're not giving it our full effort, what's the fucking point? Mm -hmm. What's the point? And so I really tried to, like it, within six months of brain surgery, I started this company. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try the biggest, hardest problem I can solve, which is decentralizing social media on the web. Mm -hmm. Fucking hard problem. A lot of people have failed. So I'm like, you know what? If I'm gonna fail, somebody's already trying to go to Mars. Somebody, some guy's already building self-driving cars. Like, let me try a really fucking hard digital problem. And I went for the hard, like this thing is so fucking hard. It's the hardest one. Like, like just framing what I've described to you. Like people are like, oh, that's cool. Decentralized. Like, no, it's not that easy. Yeah. It's not that easy. But it, but if we can pull this off, I think this will be one of the biggest things in the world. It will change humanity fundamentally. Yeah, and I believe that a hundred percent. And I don't know if you would be here if it wasn't for that gift of getting close to death. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I, don't I, think I so. really don't believe that I would have encouraged myself to keep going. Because look at, look at my scenario. I had an exit when I was 27 years old, super young, and I, I made a fuck ton of money. And I was like, you know what? I'm chill. I don't live a crazy life. I have a great house, great cars, great friends. Like, what am I going to do? Why do I want to work? Why would I want to work? This is great. Right. I'm cruising. I'm living off interest. Yeah. But something was like, you got to keep going, dude. You got to fucking keep going. And it's just encouraged me so much because when your proxy of success is dying, you're going to be fucking relentless. Yeah. And there's nothing that's going to stop me. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm super excited about. I'm driven as fuck right now. Right. I'm excited to get up every single day. Mm -hmm. And everything is just happening and happening and happening. But I could have been woe is me. Right, which is, I think, the most fucked up thing about society right now is that most people are fucking complaining. They're lazy. They're like, woe is me. Oh my God, this is my circumstance. Go fuck your circumstance. Mm. Go break through. Go make something. It's possible. Look what I did in two years. I could have been like, oh, I had a brain thing. Like, no, fuck that. I started a company, wrote a book, companies were valued at $53 million within 18 months. That's what the fuck I did. Mm-hmm. So we can. What's your excuse, right? Yeah, like, so we like, can tap into it. hundred percent we can tap into it. It's this human power we have, but we need radical change. Mm -hmm. Tony talked, one of my investors, Tony Robbins, he talks about this all the time. He's like, you have to make radical change and radical impact today, not wait for it. You have to change your state, change your body, change the way that you get up every day, and it will make a difference in your life. Mm. That's empowering because when you say today, that gives the woe is me circumstance or the state that you're in going, no, it can change today by radically changing that which is creating the circumstance of over course. and over. And people right? are delaying things because they think they have time. This is the illusion we've created for ourselves. People think like, oh, I have time. You have no idea if you actually have time because I didn't know. Mm. I woke up to an actual reality and maybe that was the gift. Mm. I'm telling you, you have no idea how much time you actually have. Yeah. It's your brain telling yourself that they think, but it can just disappear in one like day, that. In one day, man, in one hour, in one moment. One moment. So radical change, man. That is the move, radical change. Uh, radically changing if I need to eat healthier, doing it today, right? Radically change if I need to start working out, do it today. Tell the people I love them, do it today. I, I think we create these egoic barriers. And I really do, what really resonated was we think we have time, so I'll say it next week, right? Or maybe I'll hold these beautiful words of affirmation for another month or two, right? Versus you might not have another hour, you know? And I love that you have uh, cultivated this fire 
as a result, and how that fire is transmitting to not only helping the world, but inspiring the people around you just by you being you, mm. right? Because Justin I know was very different than the Justin I met, right? Mm. I was inspired by you as a person with your open heart and your value of community, but now the fire for here, no, we can make massive changes, you know what I mean? And it's beautiful to see. And build some big shit together, dude. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm so hopeful that, like, it would be so fucking cool if we built the biggest thing and we all did it together. Mm. And we could look back in 10 years and be like, dude, you know that time we were at my house in the Palisades and we all met and now we like we we've all contributed to the best communication platform ever created on the on the earth. Yeah. I you know what I believe? I believe like our little concentric group of friends, the people that you probably have on this show, will be running the world in the next 20 years. Because most of these guys are in the 70s, 80s that are running it now. Right. It's gonna be this generation that's running the world. How do we wanna like build the world we wanna live in? Because we're gonna run the thing. Mm -hmm. These old guys are going bye-bye. They're yeah. dying. We have to go run this world eventually. So what are we setting in place? And something people don't realize, like the 70s and 80s were what created the leaders today. Now the 2020s are creating the leaders of the 2050s. Mm. And how are we thinking about that? Mm -hmm. And if, that's a, if, if that statement is right, the people on the show or the people we know are gonna be running a lot of the world, then I'm inspired, right? Because we have so much education, consciousness, health, wellness, finance, everything for the betterment of humanity. 100%. At least the people we attract. Right? Yeah, 100%. And we all got to, the, the key though is we got to play 3D chess, not checkers. Mm, we got to play chess. 3D chess. Now let's chat about something crucial that is omega-3s. You know I'm all about keeping clean and pure when it comes to products as well as food on my plate. But when it comes to supplements, right, we have to make sure we have the best of the best. But especially when it comes to omega-3s. And, and I really mean it. Omega-3s are some of the most adulterated supplements that exist out there. And a lot of companies aren't doing it right. We need omega-3s for our heart, for our brain, for our eye health. You might not be getting enough nutritionally. When it comes to Peori, it's a quality brand, not only just with omegas across their whole line. They're extremely transparent. Every batch undergoes rigorous testing against over 200 contaminants, and you could check the results for yourself. And that's one of my favorite things. You can scan the QR code and look at the batch that is right in front of you that is on your shelf or on your counter, and you can see the results for this quality testing. Puris O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil delivers a potent dose of EPA and DHA without any unnecessary extras. Now, Puri is offering 20% off of their O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil, the one that I take every single morning, and all their fantastic products to you, the Heal Thyself listener. That's 20% off even the already discounted subscription price. I want you to go to Puri.com. Use my promo code DRG. That's P-U-O-R-I dot com slash DRG to take care of your health with some of the best omegas out there by Puri. These days... These days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha, or coffee or tea. But not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes. Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha 
not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick. Yeah, okay. But for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting and antioxidant benefits, the phytonutrients nurture my digestive system. The EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently. And the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see, I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up. So easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha, plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. So we got to get on Zion. That's what I mean. Huh? We got to get on I Zion. I mean, it's my, my really, truly from my heart, my goal is to make this the best thing for, for, and it just comes from a different place, mm -hmm. right? Like, like I remember I watched, I watched a lot of old videos of Mark when he was building Facebook. And at the beginning he was like, look, I want to, I want to build a way that people are more connected. Right? And, I, and I feel so much compassion for that. But the problem was the way that he was going to make money in the end was going to be to starve your attention to do that. And I think fundamentally, I'm trying to build this differently. I'm trying to build it more sustainably. I'm trying to build it with a different business model. And I hope to God that it works because my goal is not to keep you addicted on your phone. My, my goal is to inspire you to have freedom in your life. Well, you, everyone, viewers and listeners, going to find me with my page and my podcast yes. and all my beautiful pictures. We're going to put it all there, man. We're going to put it all there for you. Free, I mean, that's it. That's that's why the title of my book is Unapologetic Freedom. Yeah. I just, it's Unapologetic, unapologetic. Freedom. All right, brother. Well, how can people find you, learn more about you, follow you, all those things? I mean, just... I'm on all the internet, I'm on all centralized social media, <laughs> and I put in my bio irony. Uh, but Justin Resvani and all social medias, um, I'm verified on all of them, so it's gonna have a blue checkbox next to it, justinresvani.com. If you wanna learn more about Zion, go to zion.fyi, that's our domain. Um, if you wanna join the wait list, there's over 51,000 people that are on this wait list to get this Sick. app. So please, if you wanna join the wait list, be the Do first to hear about it, go on zion.fyi. Put your email in and we'll be able to email you as soon as it's ready and send you, and then you'll be able to create your decentralized identity and things like that. Beautiful to hear, man. Uh, what an inspiration you are. Always been, but man, your fire is felt. I, I want to go do something out in the street that is beautiful and you're going to change the world. That's how I feel right now. Man. Uh, I love you, brother. Infectious. I love you. I love Infectious. you so much. Thank you for your time and thank you for us doing this. Is like I love talking to my friends and people that have known me for a long time, so it's inspiring just to be next to you in here. I appreciate that. Justin Resvani, everyone. All right, everyone, I want to talk about one of the deepest, most suppressed emotions that I'm seeing in human beings, right? I have seen close to 150 people already in a span of five months uh, in emotional release. And you know, or if you don't know, I've been doing this emotional release practice and helping people somatically heal. So on the daily, I'm seeing people cry their deepest, most dramatic, most intense tears of their life. On the daily, I'm seeing people scream at the top of their lungs in anger. On the daily, I'm seeing people have the liberation of their sexual repression, and sometimes it's in the form of an orgasm, right there on the table in front of me. Why am I seeing all these things? Well, for one, we know we repress emotion. I've done so many shows on it. It's repressed in the fascia. We hold it in as a compensation mechanism to stray away from our authenticity. You know, as children, again, I'll remind you, we are authentic. We're flowing through life knowing without fear or shame that this is the way we operate. This is the most authentic part of us and it's the most authentic moments in our life. We cry when we're sad. We yell when we're scared, 
right? We jump around when we're happy, and then society tells us we cannot be, do, say, or have all of these things. And not only society, sometimes our parents, sometimes uh, a teacher, sometimes whoever is the leader of a tribe that tells us that these moments, this level of authenticity is not safe for you to display. And when that happens, we hold in, we compensate, and then we protect, right? And those compensating mechanisms, they can look like anything. Psychology wants to call it anxiety or depression, anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, people-pleasing, narcissism. These are all just compensative mechanisms because no one is born being that. We all adapt as a protective mechanism. And why do we feel that? What happens? Well, anytime we feel stress, stress is simply us not wanting to feel a feeling that needs to be felt. It's just a resistance. Anytime we feel stressed, right? So it behooves us to understand what the power of stress is. Stress is a signal to our deepest potential of how we can operate and express our deepest level of who we are, coming back to authenticity. And you heard me talk so much about authenticity, the importance of what it is to come back to who we are, right? And what I mean is what we were as children, as adults, functioning in society, going to work, typing up our reports, right? Go making dinner, having responsibilities, but also being able to authentically express when you're sad, when you're angry, when you're terrified, when you're joyous, when you're happy. And then coming to this show, sexuality. Sexuality is, in my work and what I've been seeing, the most repressed emotion. Um, commonly repressed is anger in women. Commonly repressed is sadness in men. Commonly repressed in both is sexuality. Now, the emotion around sexuality is usually shame. Now, I'm seeing this a lot, and I know I see it a lot because I know what the body tells me, and I know what the body's communicating, and the layers which we need to heal, right? Because healing happens in emotional layers. The anger layer moves, and then, oh my God, there's sadness under this anger. And then the sadness layer moves, and then it's revealing a deeper, more unlovable emotion. So what I see is sexuality, shame, is one of the deepest emotions that human beings are living with. For me, I can confidently say at this point in all of my work, the deepest emotion, commonly speaking, for human beings is shame. And we are ashamed to not only be ourselves. If you're feeling awkward, awkward is just a downstream feeling of the emotion of shame. Anytime you feel awkward about anything. But so many of us are so scared to be sexually authentic. Now, when we were kids, we felt what we felt, right? If we saw, I remember uh, when I was young, there was this music video that I was watching. And I believe it was a George Michael music video, if, I, if my memory serves me well. And I remember the sensuality and the sexuality of the music video. It wasn't like, all the other rap and rock videos I was watching on MTV. But this one was like the first time I was really seeing sensuality. And, and I remember, I think I saw a scene of like lips rubbing against someone else's chest. And I was like, this is, wow, I've never seen anything like that. And I felt different in my body. And I remember this moment very clear. 1992, I'm just sitting there watching it. And in my body, I felt probably for the first time an energy of sexual charge. And, um, it was probably the first time I ever had an erection at second grade, right? 
And for me, I'm like, what is happening here? I don't understand what's happening to my body. But in that moment, there was no shame around it. It was something that naturally was happening, just like I was breathing, right? Just like I swallow, just like I have an appetite for food. So too, my body communicated what I was watching on TV to my body. So there comes a moment where, whether it's religion, whether it's culture, whether it's how you ed educated, sex education, whether it was influenced by teachers or priests or family or friends, where all of a sudden your authentic expression of sexuality and sex being okay and very healthy, expression of who you are, was just closed up. And I know a lot of you resonate with this because when I'm sitting down with a client and they've had their emotional release and their layers are coming out, coming out, coming out, and then I talk to them about sex and sexuality, oh my God, they button up, right? Especially the women. They don't want to talk about sex. They don't want to talk about who they are in their feminine. What is their feminine form of sexuality and how does it permeate through the body? How does the woman say, I am a sexual being and I'm in my feminine? How does a man say, I'm a sexual being and I'm in my masculine? Because a lot of us can't authentically do it. A lot of us don't even know what it looks like. So I just want to bring awareness that so much of us, whether or not you know it, I see it. And a lot of us are carrying so much shame around who we are sexually because society, because religion, culture, whatever cues that you've been getting all your life has told you that you are not allowed to be, do, say, or have anything. Now, this is with the caveat of saying, don't hurt anyone, right? This is not, we're not talking about pathological forms of sexuality. We're talking about healthy forms of sexuality that you can express to yourself and your partner and or partners, whatever it is. So I'm going to give you some of my biggest tips. This, this is gold right here. I'm going to give you some of my biggest tips that I give men and women in my practice when I see that their deepest, most unlovable layer is sex and sexuality and how disconnected men and women are from their sexual self. Because authenticity is not just you saying what you need to say. Authenticity is not just you even crying when you want to cry or being angry when you want to be angry. Authenticity is also saying, hey, I'm a sexual being and this is how it looks. And I know it because I know myself sexually. So uh, what I do is when I notice that someone's deepest, deepest layer of their most unlovable emotion is shame and sexuality, I give some at-home tips. Now, this is after their emotional release so they can feel shame in their body and they can shake and they can move it through their body and transition that new experience. But regardless, I'm gonna give you the tips on what to do right now. If this resonates with you, do this right now. Create this and put this in your morning practice. So, men and women. First and foremost, last week I did a nice um, body scan example of how we just connect to our body. Lay down, bring your consciousness and awareness to your feet. Feel it in your ankles, feel it in your heel, feel your heel resting against the table or the bed or the floor, wherever you are. And I really want you every morning to connect with your body and bring awareness so you feel sensation in every single inch of your body. Feel your calf, feel the bottom of your knee, feel the top of your knee, feel the sides of your knee, feel the back of your knee, you know? And work your way up, all the way up. Then when you get to your sexual organs, when you get to the womb, the ovaries, the vagina, right? For men, when you get to, to your testicles, your scrotum, your cock, Jesus Christ, come back to it. 
When was the last time, when was the last time that you ever even spoke to your reproductive organs? Did you ever? Or is it just there to serve your purpose? Because I promise you, if you're suffering with any issues, reproductively or sexually, there's a massive disconnect between you and your organs. Big one. And the, the way to heal that is to create a connection. So once you do the scan, and you, and fellas, ladies, I'll, I'll take an example for a woman. When you get to this area, put your hand on your womb, right? Or your outer genitals, men, uh, put your hand there. And as soon, and you're already tuning into the body, ask your body, ask your womb, ask your genitals, what do they need right now? I know this sounds like some crazy shit, but I promise you, the more that you do this, the more you connect to your body, you are going to be in awe that your body is always communicating with you. And it will tell you exactly what it needs in that moment. And I always tell clients, your womb can say potato soup. And you go, what the fuck? Potato soup? Right now, I don't even like potato soup. Honor what your body is telling you in the first thing you hear or the first thing you see. This is really important for you to understand. Because the more you do this every single day, the more you develop a relationship with your womb, with your genitals, fellas out there, whatever it is, you need to connect first, first, consciously, through the body, with the body. So you will, and the more you do this, you'll create a relationship. You'll begin to honor what the body wants, what the womb wants, what the genitals want, right? All of a sudden, you're beginning to understand what maybe you've been missing in your life. Right? What expression of you you've been missing in your life? Because I promise you, you're going to hear things. You're going to see things. And you're going to be in awe going, the body's really communicating with me. Is this some crazy voodoo? No, it's not. The body's always trying to communicate with you. We call that disease. Uh, then I, I tell people, uh, fellas and ladies, again, I'll use the, since I see a lot more women in my practice, I'll use the uh, example of women. Create a ritual and make a playlist of 25 to 50 songs. And if... Each song in the first five seconds does not make you feel any sort of sexy. It is not included into that playlist. I'm talking about as soon as you play it, you have to put your hand on your chest and you go, ooh, I, I really love this. this. This makes me feel kind of sexy, right? Then add that song in. Create a playlist and every single morning, I know this sounds crazy, but I promise you it will change your life. Play it in your own space after you've done the body scan and move your body. Not with your head. You ain't dancing. You ain't moving with your head. You're moving with your womb the way the womb wants. Fellas, you're moving with your cock the way your cock wants. You need to be moving your body with the energy coming from this place. Listen, in my probably now going on like eight to 10, 10 years, uh, close to 10 years of medicine, never in my life did I ever think I'd be recommending something like this. But this is what happens. When you see health for what it is, and you're healing people in one session, I know what I'm talking about and I'm giving you some really deep information. So if this resonates, I promise you do this for a month, do this for two months and see how your reproductive health changes and your intimacy and sexual health changes. So do this every single morning, two to three songs, you are dancing, you're moving with the womb, fellas, you're moving with your genitals and you got the flow going, right? You may notice you ain't dancing the way you dance. This is called ecstatic movement from your body, right? And that's what's determining the movement. So you're done dancing. You got that all done. I want you at some point to go to your closet, look at it, put your hand on every piece of clothing, 
feel the texture, look at the pattern. If in the first five seconds that piece of clothing does not make you feel sexy or good in your body, if you're wearing it, put it in the back of your closet. If you ain't wearing it, throw it away. Why are we living every single day not feeling good with the things that we put on our body? Buy clothes that make you feel good. Buy materials that make you feel good. Buy anything that is an expression of your sexual self in clothing form. And use those clothes for your rituals. And if you want, wear them to Target, wear them to Whole Foods, forget about what society says. Honor your sexual self, but Jesus Christ, we've been holding this in so much because of society, because of religion, because of everything that we have been told, how we have to be sexually. So that's, that is the other thing that I really highly recommend, making a transformation in your closet. And the last thing, men and women out there, I want you all to open the space and open the time for sexual exploration with yourself. At least start mapping your body. At least start mapping your body so you know what touch, what pressures feel good in your body. Because you may find, oh my God, my left nipple is so, oh, that is exquisite. I love this feeling on my left nipple, but my right nipple, do not touch that. Right? Because how are you going to communicate with yourself and or your partner or partners what you like if you don't even know what you like? And, and how is sex going to be enjoyable if you're just having sex to have sex or doing sex the way porn or society tells you how? Which leads me to my next thing. What is your sexual archetype? Are you energetic? Are you sensual? Are you kinky? Right? Do you have a part of you that is just purely sexual like porn? Because if we're so disconnected with our sexual archetype of who we are, of how we want to express, you might be all of them, but if you don't know, then you're just having sex to have sex because society told you this is what you need to do in a partnership. God, is this a way to live? Or is it a way to live when you're in touch with your womb, you're in touch with your genitals, you're in touch with music and how it moves you, you're in touch with how clothing makes you feel sexy, and you're certainly in touch with how you want to have sex. Because I promise you, if you're suffering with intimacy issues with a partner, you ain't having sex as much, you guys are fighting about sex, or you're having reproductive issues, men and women, what I'm doing is giving you a golden key. Create the relationship with yourself. Move the body. Change your wardrobe. Take that test, the archetypes test. What sexual archetype are you by Jaya? You'll find out which one you are. And, and maybe it's, it'll be rough, but you'll have an idea. And start communicating what your boundaries are sexually. You don't want to do this, but you absolutely would like to explore this. And communicate that with love with your partner. Then you're opening the space to have a really fruitful experience and then coming back to your sexual authenticity. This is called sexual authenticity, and this is your right and your dignity as a human being. Without the taboos, without all the constraints, you're, you're a human being in this world, you deserve to be alive, and you deserve to be a sexual being. This is to empower you all. I really hope that resonated with you. All the love, and if you loved the show, it really resonated, like, review, subscribe, do all the things that you feel to do because it's really going to help grow the show. Thank you so much for joining me.